Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. I'm Gina Vogie. And I'm Melinda Collins. And hello, hello everyone too. (laughs) (laughs) I am in such a good mood today. It's raining. It is raining, but it's warm. What's better than rain? Sex. Sex. Sex is always good. Sex Sex. while it's raining. Exactly where I was going with that. And then like a nap afterwards and a sandwich. Oh, sandwich during sex (laughs) with the TV on. And then nap. And then nap. Yeah. (laughs) You might get like meat and cheese all over with your sandwich while It's okay. That's leftovers after Just you wake pick up. Pick them up later. Yeah, you're going to be a little hungry. <laughs> pick up the lettuce, maybe the piece of bologna, whatever's on your sandwich, and meal number two. Meal number two. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good thunderstorm. That's for sure. Oh, to like sleep to or to read a good book while it's going on. Yeah. I love that shit. We haven't had any really good thunderstorms here yet this year. I'm hoping for a good whopper soon. <laughs> Okay, Grandma. (laughs) So one of our listeners sent in a story about uh, we had touched base last week on an enlarged woman's clitoris. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. You could never forget that. Nope. Especially if you Googled it and looked at the photos. It is ingrained in my memory. (laughs) I go to sleep at night. It's the first thing I see behind my eyelids. (laughs) Uh, this is from I Hannah. Spit out my <laughs> she said, fun fact, the clitoris on a woman is pretty much like the penis head on a man, which is why enlarged clitorises look like little penises. In the womb, it starts out as a little nub. If the fetus becomes a female, that nub turns into a clitoris. If it becomes a male, the nub turns into a penis. Enlargement can be due to increased testosterone. Women who take steroids can experience an enlarged clitoris as a side effect. If you look at China's sex tape, the wrestler, RIP, do you remember who she was? Yes. She had a very large one, (gasps) either due to steroid usage or perhaps she naturally had a higher amount of testosterone than the average woman, which is why she had a deeper voice, which was very muscular, etc. Thought I'd weigh in on the big clit discussion. So, anytime- so wait, did you Google China's vagina? I didn't. China's vagina. China's <laughs> vagina. Uh, so now anytime I meet a woman who's very muscular and... I'm wondering if you she has a clit you can suckle on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want to suckle on it, but... Oh, God. Again, I wonder if they get off a lot easier, though. Very interesting. China- did you mean China vagina? Uh, there's actually Reddit. Oh my God! There's there's Reddit. Oh, yes, and it looks like a little dick. No, she even has it pierced. No, no. Oh my God! I, it looks like a little penis. How am I this old and I've never heard of this? Oh my seen God. this? And <laughs> I'm like, I'm shooketh. It really looks just like a little penis. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, if you guys are bored, Google China's vagina. <laughs> Not on your work computer. Not on your work computer. 
and you'll see what we're talking about. Or if you already Googled big clits from last week, then you already know. So. Yeah, but this is like a specific person to it even has, have it like... It looks like it has a little head on it and everything. <laughs> I wonder, can't. like... Do your vagina lips like fold over it like you can hide it? That thing protrudes so far out that you'd have to have some big ass beef curtains to cover that thing. Yeah. And you could put other stuff in there too, like sandwiches <laughs> for later. But oh remember God. remember a long time ago, there was that rumor going on around about Lady Gaga and there was a picture of her and they were swearing she was a man because she- No, I don't recall this. Okay, well, maybe- Maybe she has an enlarged clitoris. Yes. That could be what's going on here. My brain's thinking here. Your brain's going wild right now. If any of you out there listening have one, or if you're a man who's experienced it, one, we want to know about it. Yeah, what's the experience like? Is it intimidating? DM us. We want to hear about it. Okay? (laughs) Okay. Okay? (laughs) And then she's like, I'm done with that. Talk Talk about the big clits. I just, I've never thought of it. So I'm very intrigued by this. So thank you for sending that in. And thank you for yeah. making me Google China. China's vagina. China vagina. <laughs> oh, goodness. In surfing the web, I found an article, which is reason number 659, that I don't live in Florida anymore. <laughs> A family vacationing in South Florida earlier this month came across an unlikely site. A live gator perched on top of a gator pool float at their Airbnb. That's awesome. Not if you want to swim in the pool. Yeah, but maybe he's like, oh, that's my bitch over there. And he's like, <laughs> going to get it on. Gators are fast, too. Ugh, I, that's, I'm not a fan. That's like snakes, alligators, crocodiles. No thanks. Well, there it is. There's a. He's just cruising. Gator on the gator. I used to have one of those floaties, the Mm-mm. alligator one. They said they called the Airbnb's owner, who eventually got a gator wrangler to fish the <laughs> reptile out of the pool. <laughs> and it said that it was after their dog. Oh, it appeared to catch no. the attention of their dog, Rascal, who spent the day barking and running on the screen in pool deck. Hey, gators are known to eat dogs. I'd so. shoot that fucking gator so you got to keep your dogs if they're little especially away from them come near my little baby yeah kick his ass just keep him on the pool floaty so i'm gonna go a little dark in the story that i found uh true crime one here because today's episode is true crime it sure is police in new york city allege a 26 year old man killed his 57 year old father before walking to a bagel shop where he confessed to police, there were uh, police officers who were sitting there getting breakfast, and he told them he'd eaten parts of the body. Ew. So why did he want a bagel after this? Multiple NYPD sources tell or say that Ahmad was detained after walking into the Brooklyn bagel shop covered in blood shortly before 4.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. He went up to the police officers and said, I killed my father and then allegedly claimed to have eaten parts of his remains. They immediately handcuffed him. But when they found the father's body, it had been mutilated and he had died from multiple stab wounds oh my god yeah they said his body was hacked up and he just wanted a cream cheese bagel after this everything he wanted an everything bagel i think <laughs> god. put a little everything with your cut up body parts on there that's disgusting that is nasty yeah and it like they i had maybe i mean obviously this is going to be an ongoing story but what happened why did he kill his father 
Why would you want to eat him? So he dismembered and ate his remains. Silence of the Lambs was on TV the other day and I watched it. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's such a good movie. It's such a classic. <laughs> See, I always have an office reference. They they do CPR training. And in the CPR training, Dwight cuts the face off of the CPR mask oh or body, puts it on his face, and he's like... Oh my God. <laughs> and even if you don't like the office google that scene you'll laugh your ass off but i haven't seen that yeah, i haven't seen that movie in forever it's such a classic i like it when he grabs a shirt and pulls it out like he has titties and he's like <laughs> <laughs> pretending to scream like the woman in the well was screaming he had like titty envy what was his name well Buffalo Bill. Buffalo was Bill. Like the, That's who I was thinking. He's trying to make himself a woman suit. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, our skin is softer and nicer. It puts the lotion in the basket, or it gets the hose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another interesting story I came across, and. I, this is just a hard one for me to understand. On Tuesday, Jenna Evans was on a high-speed train that was racing down the tracks. Her fiancé by her side when some bad guys appeared, she said. There was only one way to protect her 2.4-carat diamond engagement ring. Swallow it. So that's what Evans did. I popped that sucker off, put it in my mouth, and swallowed it with a glass of water. Then she woke up. Evans was relieved on Wednesday morning when the whole episode had just been a vivid, bizarre dream. That is, until she realized the engagement ring was no longer on her finger. (laughs) (laughs) Evans, who has a history of sleepwalking, soon realized that while the bad guys and the high-speed train had all been her snoozing subconscious, the consumption of her engagement ring was not. When I woke up in the morning, there was no ring on my finger. I couldn't help but laugh at it, and then I had to wake my fiancé up and tell him that I had swallowed my engagement ring. She had to go to the urgent care clinic. Man, so I've talked on this podcast already about the strange things I have done. (laughs) (laughs) Shows an x-ray with the ring. What's all the other stuff? What are those circle stuff all the way around? The darker spots? What the hell is that? Lungs, maybe? (laughs) No. I don't know what that is. I have no it's idea. It's time for Gina to get an anatomy lesson. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think I've ever consumed anything while I was No, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand how you could actually do that. And for me, like, it's hard to get my wedding ring off, like, right? Ugh. I got to kind of like- mine's, st- mine's on. Struggle a little bit to get it off <laughs> and then to swallow it. I'm not sure if she passed it or they took it out. I didn't read that far down the article. But can you imagine like having to clean poop off of your wedding ring that you swallowed and had to shit out? Nope. Like that, it would just be weird to me. I don't know. Sally Selby caught the attention of law enforcement around 5 a.m. while driving the Walmart motorized shopping cart in the slow lane of Highway 127 in Crossville, Tennessee. She told officers she was on her way to a nearby Waffle House to buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> she was pulled over. Oh, my God. She entered the Walmart at 4.15, started shopping with the scooter. Then she left. She drove through the parking lot. She lied. She told police that she had built the cart herself. <laughs> but my but my favorite part is she led them on a chase. <laughs> on the scooter? <laughs> scooter. And said she built it herself. Uh-huh. So I had to share this story because we had that one Walmart scooter story uh-huh. in Wisconsin just a couple episodes ago. Here's her mugshot. Oh. 
Just an, an average Walmart shopper. People of Walmart. She looks like she is not having a good time either. <laughs> this is woman charge on a slow speed chase. <laughs> like, why didn't they just get in front of her? I don't know. You maybe can like, like run beside those things and yank her off sure, of it, right? But maybe they felt like, I mean, they're usually electric. They don't go yeah. that long, so. Or maybe they didn't want to like tackle her off the thing, you know. Well, there's another little trend on the internet that I had no idea of. It's called a poop tag game. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know how it started, but it says a woman is refusing to go on walks with her family over the insistence to play a game they call poop tag, and others have branded it one of the most disgusting things they've ever heard of, but people are doing it now, I guess. In the evening, she heads out with her family to walk the two dogs. She says the daily walk is usually a great and enjoyable time for a family, but recently her dad and 12-year-old sister have really gotten into a game they call poop tag. After one of the dogs has done its business and it's been cleared up and bagged, <laughs> the pair enjoys running around and throwing the dog poop bag at other members of the family. Oh God. <laughs> nope. Don't like that. Well, at least it's in a bag. the bag. Sure. You know. But they're still tossing shit at you. Right. But it's like, tag, you're it if you get hit with the poop. You know what I hate when walking the dog, though, is, you know, you get, like, just far enough away from your house, but just the beginning of your walk, then they poop. Uh Uh-huh. And then you have to walk the remainder of the walk holding the poop bag. I just hate that so much. (laughs) But I do not throw it at people. I've not done hashtag poop tag. So I found this story, and it seriously scares the absolute shit out of me. Hopefully not literally. Well, I might have pooped a little. (laughs) A Paraguayan. Is that how you say it? Like, are they from Paraguay? Yeah. Paraguayan. I would think so. You're welcome. A Paraguayan woman had the shock of her life when she reportedly woke up in a body bag after being declared dead. What? So she was being prepared for her funeral, funeral service which was supposed to happen hours later, and like her whole family obviously knew that she was dead. I wonder why they would have the funeral so quick. Like, usually it takes a couple days. I don't know. My my whole question about this is don't they usually put the formaldehyde and like... Well, different countries do things differently, you know? That's a good point. some people don't believe in preserving the body, and maybe that's why they have the funeral quicker. Her name is Gladys Duarte. Gladys Rodriguez Duarte. Oh, that's sexy, very huh? fancy accent. See what I can do with my tongue? On Saturday, uh, so the married mother had gone to this clinic because she had high blood pressure and it kept increasing. About two hours after she arrived, a doctor confirmed that her death to her husband, Maximino Duarte Friera. Oh, and his daughter and their daughter Sandra Duarte. I love the. I feel like Puss in Boots. But staff at a funeral parlor then found her moving inside a body bag when she oh was my unloaded. God, that would be so terrifying. I'm I don't want to say I'm like super claustrophobic, but I'm claustrophobic enough where I couldn't be like buried in the sand. I am extremely claustrophobic. Do you have you ever been to Disney World? Mm-mm, we, okay. You know this. Well, that's right. That's right. Quit judging There's me. There's this ride called, I don't know if it's Space Mountain or Mission to Mars. I can't remember the exact name of the ride. But basically, you're in this tiny little 
and I did not know this before getting on this ride or I'd been like, fuck no, fucking count me out. I'm so good. Basically, it's this little tiny like pod that they close you in and it just spins around and around really fast like the Gravitron and you're supposed to like one person is supposed to like launch the shuttle like you each have a different job. Like it's supposed to be like you're being in a what do you call those things? Spaceship. A rocket? (laughs) A rocket. Yeah, like rocketing off of the earth like that's supposed to be the simulation of it. But number one, I'm extremely claustrophobic. And number two, I get severe motion sickness. So this was never the ride for me. (laughs) And if I had known any of this, I would have never gotten it. And there was all these warnings beforehand, like if you have heart problems, if you're claustrophobic. So I don't know why I wasn't fucking paying attention. As soon as they shut the doors of that thing, extreme Mm -hmm. panic set in. But I was with my husband and my youngest daughter and then, you know, two strangers that I didn't know. So I was like, can't freak out. This ride can't be more than like a minute. I mean, I didn't talk. I didn't say a word. I just breathed in, breathed out like as much as I could. And and inside though, I was like panicking. My heart must have been beating like 200 miles a minute. Could you see other people though? I didn't look. I just looked straight in front of me because the the gravity like pulling it was pulling my head back okay. anyways. But it's like you were next to each other though. You weren't yeah. like in your own like coffin sort of thing, right? No, you were okay. next to each other. But it was a very, very, very small thing and they <laughs> locked the door. I was stuck in the – I still have nightmares about this thing. And then when I got off, I was so dizzy. I was like, Uh I was like dry heaving. Oh, no. (laughs) For like the next 15 minutes, you know, off the ride. And you can't help but be loud when you do that. So people were like staring at me. What's wrong with her? Uh, I still, still have nightmares of this goddamn ride. And a lot of the challenges they do, like the MTV challenges, they, they'll have ones where they'll put you in a coffin and bury you under the sand. Oh, no. And then people have to do like trivia and then dig you out. I am so no. happy. Like, I'm not a big fan of heights, but you put me in something like that, I would probably try to claw my way out of yeah. that thing. I would not be good at that at all. Because I always think in my head, somebody's going to leave me there. Like, they're all in cahoots. Right. To like, oh, <laughs> what happened to Melinda, don't, don't know. know. Hey, she no. gone. She's she's uh she never showed up for this challenge. We don't know what you're talking have, about. Yeah, Mm-mm. and like you're stuck underneath there. Ugh. I have a hard time with airplanes too because in that little seat it's claustrophobic. Plus, I just know that when you're up in the air, you can't you can't get out. You can't get down. You can't you you're know like, giving your husband hand jobs underneath blankets. That's because I take a bunch of fucking Bull Xanax. Shit, you're scared of being on an airplane. <laughs> Like, That's because here, baby. I take Xanax and drink alcohol while I'm on the plane, and all that helps me get through it mm. and makes me a little horny, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, give me some of that cocktail. I want to try that. <laughs> Seriously, after our airplane episode, it grossed me out so bad. Well, people be liking that Mile High Club shit. I mean, I get it. I understand. Oh, the other, I have this story I've been dying to share with you. Because you love my strange addiction as much as I do. Love it. Well, this was not on the show or anything, but this is a strange addiction. I'm not going to go into the whole freaking thing. You can just ask questions if you need to know it. But there was a woman who claims that she's in a relationship with a 92-year-old chandelier. Wow. (laughs) Her sexual orientation is an attraction to inanimate objects. How are you going to have sex with a chandelier, though? That would hurt. They're like pokey and... There's a picture of it. I mean, you can stick a lot of that stuff inside of you. 
I mean, I mean, maybe a light bulb. We've heard bulb. worse. <laughs> if it's off, a light bulb that's off is smooth enough to like rub your clit on it. Maybe she had an enlarged clitoris and it was easy. <laughs> and she's sticking that into the <laughs> chandelier. <laughs> I love this this sort of stuff. <laughs> well, I she just wanted don't to understand it. I don't either. But she wanted to get married to it. Like, how do you get married to a chandelier? <laughs> <sighs> I prefer an actual penis. I'm good on the chandelier. You're okay with an enlarged clitoris? A micro penis? No, I'm not okay with a micro penis. I still cannot get over that picture of China's clitoris. Maybe I could get down with an enlarged clitoris. I don't know. (laughs) Question two. Does it get hard at all? If it did, I'd totally give it a go. (laughs) Why not, right? Let me try to ride this thing. (laughs) You just both some pleasure out of it. You just lay back. Mama's got you. (laughs) That's fuck. Seems like a good time. You know, don't knock it till you try it. I always say. I want I want somebody who has one or who has been with someone who has it, what their experience is like. Because we had the one guy who couldn't get past it. He broke up with the girl, remember? Yeah. Uh-huh. I just like, maybe there are a lot of perks to having. I think so. If you can get off like super easily, I think that's a huge perk Yeah, to but it. we had talked about too that maybe it becomes desensitized because it's so large. And like, does it ever shrink? Well, is for it- sure. Because when it's enlarged, I think is when they're turned on, right? Like blood flow to What the- if it just always looks like that i don't know because mel really, and i are like obsessed with, i am <laughs> with this i'm totally obsessed with it <laughs> like i told you it's the first thing i think about at night when i close my eyes i just picture now it's going to be china's oh <laughs> with her big hoop piercing there i just i don't know i have so many questions like if i okay this is another thing this is a weird I don't want to say fetish of mine, but it's a weird, like, attraction. You know those people who have, like, those little thumbs? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, Megan Fox has a little – Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I love when people have those. Oh, my God. I, like, love it. I truly do. I think they're the cutest freaking things. I – Oh, my God. Unfortunately, if you're somebody around me and you have one, I want to look at it. Like, I just think they're so So cute. So, hold on though you love a little thumb but you don't like a long toe what's wrong with nessie <laughs> i feel little little is the so if nessie was little instead of long i don't know would... that would that would be even funkier i think well, I if feel... your second toe was little i feel attacked you should <laughs> you really should the other thing one one summer i was at bradford beach on lake michigan and I met this girl who had webbed toes. Oh. I was obsessed. Did you touch them? I did. Oh. She let me take a picture of them. <laughs> Your I, face next to her toes. Yeah, I was like <laughs> geeking out, like sticking my tongue out a little bit. Oh but she's my like, God. people make fun of me. And I mean, it's not like it's like, you know, webbed all the way up to the toenail. But you could see like a little bit, like maybe like, mm-hmm, I don't know, half an inch or an inch. That she was an ex- excellent swimmer. It was so cool looking to me. Yeah, well, those damn little thumbs. Those are my favorite. And people who have them are usually so embarrassed by them. And I'm like, Shh. I think everybody <laughs> this has. Is, this is definitely a fetish of mine. <laughs> I'm sure there's like little thumb porn. And this is going to be the new 
I mean, you Googled China's vagina, you can Google little thumb porn. I'm sure it's there. Little th- I think everybody has something <laughs> on their body that now. they're a little self-conscious of, a little embarrassed of, whether it be a little thumb or a long toe or whatever. Everybody's got something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, someone who is like as hot as Megan Fox having a little thumb like that, like, yeah. <laughs> see little thumb sex porn videos oh my god (laughs) not even showing little thumbs i'm getting really irritated thumb sucking fetish oh boy hmm okay none of this is little thumbs this is very disappointing you'll have to delve deeper into the dark web no because you know what's coming up like little girl like stuff like they call it like a little girl no 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 maybe tiny thumb maybe that's what i have to look at not little tiny girl fucked heart see i'm not finding yeah nobody you don't have to send me any (laughs) 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 you do not have to send me any little thumb porn you find it was just Something I was talking about. <laughs> hey, something out there for everyone. Maybe if I had a, like, no. maybe if I had a penis and you could like see the little thumb like stroking the penis, maybe that if would be. If you had a little thumb and a penis, that penis would look giant next to your little thumb too. See, you guys, small wienerd men, mm-hmm. uh, you're welcome. This is find how yourself you a get that angle. Find yourself a tiny thumbed girl. <laughs> you have a massive wiener. Oh my god! You're welcome. Well, I found a story that I thought that you would just love, Mel. I'm excited. Is it about Teddy Ruxpin? No. (laughs) (laughs) Edible sand that turns into (laughs) chewing gum could be coming to a candy store near you. Yeah, see, I would totally have to try it now. Oh, my God. You fulfilled my childhood wishes. When you're at the beach getting sand in your mouth and in your sandwich, bathing suit, and any other crevice you can think of is usually a nightmare, except maybe for kids who are willing to eat just about anything. So it's this company that is hoping to bring their edible sand to the U.S. Apparently it started in Mexico. Now I wonder like it's crunchy and then it kind of just builds together. Like is it literally like a handful of sand that you have to put in your mouth? Because I wouldn't like that. I don't know. It's called Yummy Sand. Well, I'd try it. That You're better be under. To play with it, build sand castles out of it, <laughs> and then when you eat it, it turns into bubble gum as you chew it. See, that better so, be in my stocking this Christmas. So apparently it goes into your mouth like sand, but you chew it and it turns into gum. This is right up your alley. It's so right up my eight-year-old alley. <laughs> Man, I was a weird freaking kid. It says, if yummy sand is released in the U.S., it will come with a shovel and two sandcastle molds for just $3 per pack. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to look for it to be in your stocking this year. Yeah. You're going to get the my size clitoris. No, 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 no. I want the the pillow penis thing. What was that called? Oh, PP. Yes. I was I was trying the to just say. The cute little penis pillow. I was just trying to say I was going to give you a vibrator that looked like a enlarged clitoris. Well, you know I don't like vibrators. <laughs> I like pillows. <laughs> oh. Let's give me something I can use. Beggars can't be choosers. Well, you know I like pillow. You know I don't like vibrators. So what give if me it's, something I can what use. What if it's an enlarged clit pillow? I could get down with that. All right. I'll put sand all over it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Enough big clitoris talk. For now. Yeah, I'm sure I'll bring it up again. (laughs) (laughs) 
We're obsessed. I'm so obsessed. All right, I'll get into my true crime story. And this is the story of Sandra K. Werther. She was born May 26, 1949, and she was the youngest of three girls, and she was raised in Hutchinson, Kansas. Sandra always wanted to be a mom, and she thought there was nothing better in life than raising a family. Throughout her life, she had three failed marriages. One of those marriages, she did have a son named Chad, and after her third failed marriage, she had to raise her son on her own. So she decided to take a job at a factory, and while she was working at this factory, she met Jerry Miles, who was her fourth husband. Dang. Yeah, that is, you know what, because... I can't imagine being married four times. You know, there's a lot of those people who are just like hopeless romantics and always think, but I mean, I would feel, I think after my third attempt, I think I'd want to be single for a long time. Yeah, I would think so. I think Gatsby farted. FYI. (laughs) It does have a little stench right now. And it's not me. Sure, it's not. (laughs) Is that tacos I smell? No. (laughs) It would be all chicken. And salad. Is that chicken salad I smell? <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say, the one thing I hate is when somebody farts and they're like, oh, must have been that barbecue I had. And I'm like, I don't know when you compare a fart to food, it grosses me out so bad. Maybe they were like sensitive to the barbecue food. I know, but I don't want to know where it's coming from. You don't like, want to know if it's like oranges or no. Chinese food. You could say, you could say... Any, even something nice, like, <laughs> why was eating those rose petals earlier? That's what the fart is. And I'll be like, Ugh. that's what the fart is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that voice was, but your um, accents today are just really turning me on. I'm though. on point. <laughs> I've been practicing. So she meets Jerry Miles. Uh, they were both outgoing, very charismatic, and just instantly, instantly drawn to each other. And they ended up getting married fast. Jerry legally adopted Chad as his own, and then they were expecting a baby together. In September of 1980, Sandra gave birth to a baby girl, Tracy Lynn Miles. Jerry was in love with his children and his wife, but after seven years of marriage, they ended up getting divorced because Jerry was an alcoholic. Oh, Four marriages, man. Sandra was raising Chad and Tracy as a single mother, and that proved to be tough to her because Sandra was having to still work and she was trying to make ends meet. But she was a very loving mother and always tried to give them as much attention as possible. Sandra and Tracy grew to be extremely close. Their friends and family consider them to be more like best friends than mother and daughter. They were always hugging and kissing even when Tracy was a teenager. I totally thought of what I wanted to tell you. Have you heard of this new TV show called Smothered? No. (sighs) Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, on TLC, I have. That's where the mother-in-law is like very – or the mother are very smothering of their children. Yeah, I I didn't watch it. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is there is a mother and daughter who shower together. No. I draw the line there. The daughter's 19. The mom is 55. They're like, I don't see anything wrong with this. No. I, and the daughter's like, it makes me feel so close to my mom. No. And then the mom's like, you need to tan. You're so white. And they literally are full on naked showering each other in the shower. No. Mm-mm. The best way to start our day is in the shower. If my daughters were 19 years old and wanted to shower with me, I would be like, no, 
I'm good. The mom said, I love her and I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't believe I set out to have a relationship this close to Brittany. It's something that was supposed to be. And then Brittany says, when my mom does simple things like washing my hair or my body, it makes me feel comforted. No. Uh, I'm sorry I can't get on board with this. I can't You can either. be close to your mom without having to shower with her. There's just certain boundaries that I think, you know, a shower is still like a, you know, it's a private thing. What if you want to masturbate in the shower? Can't Maybe. have your mom there. Or can you? <laughs> but so my question God. was, how did this start? Like how all of a sudden is this something that happens? So the mom said that she started, her name's Mary. She started showering with Brittany to help her deal with panic attacks that her daughter had suffered and they thought it was brought on by the hot water. She said that that's how she got into the shower with her just to comfort her because she was freaking out and then it grew into an every other day thing, into an everyday thing. And what I thought was even more crazy is this has caused problems in Brittany's relationships. Well, yeah, because I, as a man, I think that would be a little bothersome, right? Yeah, and then the mom even said, because the mom, they're, she's married or has a boyfriend, and he has a problem with it too. And she's just basically like, well, he just has to accept it. That's how it is. I mean, I can understand from the mental illness factor if you're trying to help your daughter with panic attacks, but that's what medication and therapy is for, not taking a shower with her. Yeah. I mean, I can understand wanting to help if you see your daughter suffering from a mental illness. I can. But they're like both naked showering each other. I just don't think that that's the right avenue to, you know, help her. You know, there's some medications, mild, you know, severe, whatever your level of anxiety is and therapy, right? Like those are the avenues I would think would be appropriate to treat her anxiety, not being naked with her mother in a shower. It's grown women. It's just, it's strange to me. There's something more there that needs to be worked out. Yeah. I can't get on board with that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, back to my story about Sandra. So I had said Sandra and Tracy grew to be extremely close. Friends had considered them more like best friends than mother and daughter, always hugging, kissing, and This even went on until when Tracy was a teenager, which I don't know. I was always really close to my mom. Even as a teenager, I never was like – You didn't shower with her, though, as a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not. In 1997, Tracy was 16 years old, and she started dating, and this was when Sandra and Tracy really started butting heads. Sandra wasn't liking the types of guys that Tracy was dating. She thought they were all hooligans. Oh, no. Typical teenage shit. I mean, I remember I dated a guy. Oh, my God. I didn't date him very long, but my parents hated him. And because they hated him- You wanted to date him I even sure more. did. And yeah. he was just such a piece I'll of shit. i show you. Yeah. Date this guy anyways. Yeah. It only lasted about a month because then I realized he was cray-cray. You realized your parents were right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Most of the times the relationships would end up in breaking up. You know, it's high school. That's how those things go. And eventually Sandra and Tracy realized that them fighting over these men were just stupid. It's dumb. So Tracy and Sandra's relationship got back on track. And one day Sandra surprised Tracy with a brand new black Ford Mustang. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. So the whole family was looking really happy and content for the time being. And that same year, Chad... He was 22. Yeah, I was going to say, where's Chad at during all of this? He's older. Um, so he actually found out he was having going to have a baby with his girlfriend, Mindy. It was a good year. Mustang, baby. 
Mustang, baby. <laughs> oh, it's Sally. Mustang, Sandra. God. All right. I got to be serious now. On March 30th, 1998, a call goes out to Pat and Bill Butler. That was Sandra's sister and brother-in-law. The phone call was from Sandra's work. They had said that Sandra hadn't been at work for several days and she hadn't called in either. Pat and her husband, Bill, decided to go to Sandra's home to find out what was going on. And once they got there, they saw that everything was locked up tight. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary. So because of that, they didn't want to just break into the house. Well, then they thought of Tracy, who was a sophomore in high school. And she didn't answer the door, obviously, because it was during the day. She should be in school. So Pat figured she would go to the high school to talk to Tracy and figure out where Sandra is. Once they got to the school, they asked to speak with Tracy. And while Pat and Bill were waiting, an officer approached them and told them that Tracy was not in school. And in fact, she hadn't been in school for days. The officer, whose last name is Wilson, um, he drove to Sandra's house to do a welfare check and he told Pat and Bill that they could follow along. But along the way, they stopped over at Sandra's father's house to get a spare key. Then they get to the house The officer opened the door, and he got hit with this terrible odor. He goes, everybody out. Because he knows what that odor is. He, uh, Officer Wilson radioed for assistance at the residence. Inside the house, they discovered a decayed body of a middle-aged woman with her head covered by a blanket. They had thought that she had been dead for a few days because of the decomposition and because of the smell. When the detectives remove the blanket from her head, they find her laying face down with an extension cord wrapped around her neck, and her head had also been struck numerous times. Immediately they know, obviously it's not a homicide. Obviously it's a homicide that this wasn't a natural She didn't do it to herself. The detectives search the entire house for Tracy, and they don't find her. Sandra's sister Pat and the detectives are concerned that Tracy is a victim, that maybe she's a murder victim herself, that she was kidnapped. You know, where is Tracy? Or Tracy did it. (laughs) Why do you always have to go there? I'm just teenage mind. The teenage mind just always want to kill mama. Well, the last two I've talked about were kids who – girls who killed their mom. Well, we'll, well see. one who killed their mom, one who – well, technically Gypsy didn't kill her mom. But Marie <laughs> Robards did kill her dad. Don't get me started on poor Gypsy. We're not going to go down that okay. road again. <laughs> um, I did also want to say that when they looked closer at the body – she was violently killed. The cord was from a nearby appliance and that she was strangled from behind and she had died from the blunt force trauma to her head. Oh, my gosh. So then they were thinking, was it a burglary? They couldn't really figure out anything that was stolen. The big thing was there, though, there was no forced entry. And they thought because the head was covered, they knew that the attacker knew Sandra. Right. Like they didn't want to see her afterwards. It was too personal. Like what they had done. The detectives start thinking about ex-husbands, ex-boyfriends, friends, Tracy's boyfriends, ex-boyfriends, friends. Everybody, you know, obviously is a suspect at that point. They meet with Sandra's family and everyone was concerned about Tracy. When they start interviewing people, they find out that Tracy was last seen five days ago. And then the detective notices there is one thing that's missing. The Mustang. The black Mustang is gone. Sandra didn't have any enemies. She was friendly. She made friends easily. So for them to try to figure out who would have done this to Sandra was was tough. There was no sign of motive. There was no murder weapon. And there were no real clues. 
detectives put up the crime tape and then all of a sudden there's this huge rush of, you know, neighbors and people just looking around to see what was going on. One of the neighbors, his name is Marion Mock, he said he saw Tracy five days ago with two teenage friends. He said he saw her get into a pickup truck and the owner of the pickup truck, his name was Mark Long Jr., and they lived real close to Tracy. Detectives went over to Mark's home, and when they get to the house, there's a red pickup truck in the driveway. It revs up, and it's sped away at a very high speed. The sergeant chased the vehicle, and the vehicle turned a really sharp corner and then ended up stopping near Tracy's home. So once the, the pickup truck was stopped, the sergeant ordered both Mark and his passenger out of the vehicle. They both got out of the vehicle, and they were put into the police car, And Mark, I guess, was acting like he had something to hide. He was, like, very fidgety, nervous. They take him in for interrogation, and he said he had heard something had happened at Tracy's house, and he was concerned because he considered Tracy a friend. They were just upset trying to go to her house to see her. Mark's friend had the same exact story, and then they ended up having to let them go. Police go and talk to some of Tracy's friends, and every single one of her friends point to her ex-boyfriend, Jeremy Bell. So there's a lot of names here. If you need me to clarify who's who, let me know. Right. But nobody still knows where Tracy is yet. Correct. Correct? Okay. Sandra didn't like Jeremy, and Sandra thought that he was leading Tracy down a bad path. So how Jeremy ended up dating Tracy was Tracy was dating this guy named Paul Nelson. That was her first boyfriend ever. He broke up with her, and then she started dating Jeremy Bell. And then she broke up with Jeremy to start seeing Paul again. There's a lot more names in this, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Jeremy was pissed. Everybody that was close to him had said at one point they had heard him say he was going to kill Paul. He wanted Tracy back. He was so pissed off about all of this. And also, Jeremy didn't like Sandra because he thought that she was the reason that they had broken up. Now, detectives are like, okay, were his his threats real? Right. Turns out Sandra had sought a restraining order on Jeremy, and so Jeremy becomes suspect number one. Detectives are also worried that they're running out of time to find Tracy alive and safe. So the detectives go and they get Jeremy Bell's file and find that he has a violent connection with Paul Nelson, which is the boyfriend. Jeremy had just gotten out of jail the night before the murder of Sandra and disappearance of Tracy. Jeremy Bell had even called the home of Tracy on the 25th, and that was the last day that she was seen alive. So detectives are thinking, all right, did Jeremy go to find Tracy? And when they got to Tracy's house, they didn't, couldn't find her, and then he killed Sandra instead. Oh, but then Tracy's still missing. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy was interviewed, and he admitted to despising Paul Nelson Um, He was super pissed that they got back together because he wanted to be with Tracy, but he insisted that he never hurt Tracy and that he was actually really worried about her. He did say that Paul probably had her and that he was getting Tracy involved with drugs. Jeremy had spoken to Sandra the night before the murder and made threats about Paul Nelson. And he says that that was the last time he had spoken with Sandra. Jeremy was released, but he was still a suspect. So then the coroner uh, indicated that Sandra... Uh, died on March 26th. She had three blunt hits. She had died of strangulation and the blows to the head is really what was fatal to her. So they were thinking, okay, they were in in fact for sure making sure that she was dead. This was personal. 
Well, and it sounds like if she was strangled and bludgeoned, there was two people involved, right? I think it would be pretty hard to strangle somebody while you're bludgeoning them. Or you hit somebody over the head and they're still breathing, so then you strangle them. Right. Yeah. You know what? Or you strangle them and there's still kind of like a little bit of sign of life there and then you hit them. Yeah. Either way. They wanted to make sure she was dead. dead. Detectives try to track down Paul Nelson, and they got in contact with his parents. Now, these are teenagers we're talking about, too. The parents said that he was a very troubled young man, and the other crazy thing was that he hadn't been home in over a week. The last time he was around, he had brought his friend 18-year-old Jeremy Zweigel. Here's some more names. Tracy's another Jeremy, too. Another Jeremy. Tracy's best friend, Candace Canal, her boyfriend was Jeremy Zwickel. Okay. Jeremy had allowed Paul to stay at his home for several nights. So the detectives contact Jeremy Zwickel, and he said that Paul hadn't been there since March 26th. So now Paul is missing also. Jeremy admitted that Sandra was concerned about Paul and Tracy being together. He was a bad influence, and she also told Paul to stay away from her house and to stay away from Tracy. I guess Tracy would sneak off at night to see him. And a little bit of information, too. One year before this murder, Tracy had gotten pregnant with Paul's baby. Paul was thrilled, and he even got a tattoo that said Daddy P. Oh. (laughs) Sandra was pissed, and she told Tracy to either get an abortion or she needed to move out and raise the baby on her own. She got the abortion, and Paul was at a loss. So Daddy P was like Daddy Paul? Yeah. That's interesting. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this one. I don't get myself in trouble. (laughs) Jeremy Zwickel said Paul was at his house at 10 a.m. and started packing his clothes. He said he was going on a trip, and Jeremy said that he knew Paul had $2,000 and was heading to Mexico in Tracy's black Mustang. Paul told Jeremy that the money was from pawning a VCR. I remember this is late 90s. <laughs> Man, a VCR. Detectives follow up on that, and they found out that that was true. He did pawn a VCR, but he only got $50 from that. Yeah, I was going to say that they ain't worth that two grand. No. Mm. But then they find out that VCR was missing from Sandra's home, and the VCR would have literally been on the like the table right next to where Sandra's body was. Mm. Where did the rest of the money come from? Chad, Tracy's brother, who we talked about earlier, yes. um, thought Tracy was in fact being held against her will. But when they do a little bit more research, they find out that Sandra's bank account had had a personal check for $2,000 cashed from her account. That Probably sentence. after she died. What they find out was Paul wasn't acting alone. Mm. Tracy had cashed the check. She told the teller she was getting the money to buy a car. Was Tracy being made to say these things or was she a part of this? I think she was a part of it. Detectives try to find her best friend Candace and they find her at her mother's house and she confirmed that Tracy was dating Paul and that it had really created turmoil between Tracy and her mom Sandra. Tracy would throw tantrums, and they were arguing all the time. Candace said on March 15, 1998, Tracy called Candace and said that her and her mother had gotten into their worst fight ever. Sandra had taken away Tracy's Mustang and the because the insurance company had called and said they were raising their rates because, because Tracy had so many tickets. 
Candace went to pick up Tracy the next morning for school because she couldn't drive herself. Mm -hmm. She opened the door to Tracy's bedroom and she saw Paul was sitting on Tracy's bed. So he was there. He was there. Candace was thinking that he had snuck in the night before through the bedroom window and obviously Sandra must be at work. So Tracy said it was time to go and then Candace took Tracy to a mutual friend's house, which I thought was weird too. I thought they were going to school. Yeah. But then at 8 a.m., Tracy got a call from Paul. He told Tracy that she should come back to the house. So Tracy was dropped off by Candace back at her house. And once they both got there, Paul was waiting by the front door without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. Candace assumed Sandra was at work. But then when she looked, she noticed Sandra's car was still in the garage. This is proving that. Tracy was, in fact, somehow part of this murder. Yeah. The authorities placed Tracy and Paul on the most wanted list, and authorities all over were contacted for a nationwide manhunt. April 1st, 1998, the U.S. Customs investigators called because they had seen Tracy and Paul come back from Mexico to El Paso, Texas. When they had stopped at Customs, they had just said that they were in Texas for spring break but went to Mexico for dinner. Mm, March no sense. So March 8th, so this is seven days later, because they didn't, you know, didn't get them. They didn't know that they were bad guys. Candace reaches out to investigators and state that Tracy called Candace and that their her number was on caller ID. They were, in fact, in El Paso, Texas. They called the Texas police to get them back to Kansas. El Paso police go to an apartment and they apprehend Tracy Miles and Paul Nelson. Then they go to interrogate Paul. He was emotional, scared, frightened, and he said that the last time he saw Sandra, she was okay. He said he went to the pawn shop with the VCR for trip money, and this whole time, it turns out he was scared. He thought he was in trouble for the VCR. Mm, Or he's faking that. The police officers say, do you really think that you're in here for stealing a VCR? VCR? You don't think that you're, you know, you're being brought in in a different state because of this murder of Sandra? And he said, no, I didn't. Paul confirmed Tracy snuck Paul into a room that night and they had planned to run away together, but they thought that Sandra would come looking for them. Tracy suggested to Paul that they murder Sandra, her own mother. I just can't understand this. Paul stayed there that night, and then Candace got Tracy to go to school. Paul stayed there overnight, and then Candace got Tracy to go to school. What he thought he was going to do was take this wooden bear statue from the living room and use it to knock out Sandra, but he was starting to lose his nerve. So he's standing in Tracy's bedroom, and Sandra flung open the door and surprised Paul. She was so angry, asked why he was there, calling him names, and she told him to leave. He got so pissed, he picked up the bear and started striking her several times. He got super sick to his stomach. He hid his weapon in the backyard, and then he called Tracy. Sandra was still alive. Paul went to the toilet, and he threw up. When he came out, he saw that Sandra was dead. Her face was covered. Tracy had taken the cord off of the radio and strangled her mother. (gasps) No. Tracy's side of the story, I guess she was very calm. And she said that they both decided to kill Sandra. And when they asked her about strangling her mother, she started giggling. (gasps) In Sandra's backyard, under a turned-over picnic table, they found the murder weapon, the wooden bear statue. They would both face life in prison if found guilty. 
Paul stated it was a spur-of-the-moment decision, and then Tracy said he was the main instigator and that Paul had strangled Sandra. She was trying to recant and say that's not what happened. They both had to plead no contest guilty because there was so much evidence against them. That was yeah, on February clearly 20- guilty. April 22, 1999, both sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 20 years to serve. On his way out of the courtroom, Paul made an obscene gesture to the judge, and then he was taken out, which I can only imagine he either flipped him off or, like, grabbed his dick, right? Something Something like that. Yeah. How disgusting. Tracy was allowed to meet with her family before she was shipped off to a state prison. I guess they said that she never took responsibility. She never said she was sorry. Mm. 2009, Tracy recanted her confession and appealed her conviction. She was denied, but she will be eligible for parole in 2023 at the age of 43. Wow. Same as Paul. Same thing. He got – he'll be eligible for parole in three years. But and how old were they when this happened? 17. Dang. 17, and then he was 18. So they were tried as adults, huh? Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, and I think I think Sandra was only 48 – that's terrible. What I don't understand is her and her mother were so close. Like what how, happened? Yeah, what happened? I mean, like I, a guy really made that relationship change? Her mom just kept telling her no. Oh my gosh. I just I I can't understand this the the kids who the children whatever who murder their parents like mm-hmm. have kids they said. Have girls. Right. Yikes. Well, I guess that one guy I said earlier did kill his dad and eat him. Yeah, it just makes you wonder, like, what happened, like, if they were that close. Hormones. He's rubbing her the right way. Hormones shouldn't make you want to murder your mom. Uh, I mean, but again, with the last true crime episode of Marie Robards, I mean, we learned that that was a really dumb reason for her to kill her dad, too, right? And especially because her mom wanted to take her to Florida anyways. Right. I mean. She killed her dad because she didn't. She wanted to live with her mom, like the Um, worst reason. So I guess there are worse reasons out there than wanting to be with your lover and your mom doesn't allow it. I just don't understand. I mean, at like 17 years old, you're smart enough to know that you're going to get caught. 100%. There's no way you're going to be out using your same damn car. Cashing a check after she died, you know, like – Right. There's no possible way you're going to get away with it. Dum, da, dum, dum, dum. This is terrible. And the fact that she could get out, I don't, I doubt she will get out. Right. But three years, like three more years, and you could kill your own mother. Like she strangled her mother. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-mm. I mean, even if you don't get along with your parents, you don't have to bludgeon them and strangle them, right? Ugh. People be motherfucking crazy. <laughs> That's the moral of this story. Well, moving on to my true crime story. It is about Bobby Joe Stinnett. You don't look like you've heard this one before, so we're Mm-mm, good. But sometimes I'm not good with the names. I'm better with the gory details. Bobby Joe Stinnett was a first-time mother. She was eight months pregnant and excited. Together with her husband, Zeb, she ran a business breeding Excuse dogs. Me. What is his name? Zeb. Z-E-B? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that before. (laughs) She ran a business breeding dogs in their home in Missouri. She also worked at a local manufacturing plant in Maryville, but the couple needed all the money they could get with a baby on the way. Could get. Could get. (laughs) I got you. I'm following. (laughs) 
Bobby Joe had spent years watching her dogs give birth to litters of puppies. She'd seen friends and family members give birth to beautiful children. Finally, after a year of marriage, it was her turn. Her excitement was almost impossible to contain. Even at eight months, when the pregnancy was beginning to take its toll, Bobby Joe was happily chatting about her soon-to-arrive baby. One place where she shared her excitement was an online chat room. It was called Ratter Chatter, a place where like-minded people could talk about rat terriers. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, what's a rat terrier? But then I saw the picture. They kind of look like, um, I can't think of the name of the dog. They look like so The dog it. from the mask. <laughs> yes, but I was thinking a Jack Russell terrier. That's what I was thinking. Kind of looks like that. Which is the dog from the mask. <laughs> Ratter chatter. <laughs> Chatting online, she encountered another user, Lisa Montgomery from Kansas. Another Kansas woman. Mm. The last year's story was Kansas. The two women had plenty in common. Not only did they share a love of rat terriers, they were also about to have children. As Bobby Joe talked about her pregnancy, oh, no. Lisa said that she too was expecting a child. But that was a lie. Lisa Montgomery <laughs> loved children. That's why when talking online, she was so happy to talk about pregnancy. Conversation turned to Bobby Joe's business, which she was happy to promote online. Happy Haven Rat Terriers found homes for dogs every week and plenty of people came and went. That's why on the 16th of December, 2004, she happily opened her door and welcomed a stranger into her home. Lisa Montgomery was a middle-aged woman with sandy brown hair. She wore glasses and very little makeup. But on that morning, she wasn't Lisa Montgomery. She had talked to Bobby Joe using a false name, Darlene Fisher, and expressed an interest in buying a puppy. Bobby Joe opened the door, always the genial host. She didn't recognize the stranger in front of her. She only knew the woman as Darlene and knew that Darlene was interested in dogs. They were all alone in her home. As Bobby Joe turned to guide the visitor through the house and toward the dogs, she looked away. Lisa seized the moment. Wielding a pink neon rope, she waited until Bobby Joe was distracted and struck. She wrapped the rope around the pregnant woman's neck and squeezed. No matter what Bobby Joe did, she couldn't break free. She felt the life slowly being choked out of her. Her hands felt at the baby, still kicking in her womb. Oh, my God. Bobby Joe Stinnett died. But Lisa wasn't finished. Finding a knife, she approached the still warm corpse. She rolled Bobby Joe's body into position and then set to work. This was surgery bloody criminal surgery she sliced open the dead woman's stomach cutting deeper and deeper until she pierced the womb blood seeped out of bobby joe's wounds lisa felt her hands become slippery but she kept cutting with a knife like a murderous surgeon this always has terrified me when like people um they say you shouldn't announce pregnancies like putting signs in your lawns or things like that like welcome the baby coming soon or whatever because people are fucking crazy well and even when i was pregnant too i i've heard so many of these stories of these women being killed for their baby and people faking pregnancies until they can't anymore Mm -hmm. so then they have to steal a baby oh my god and the best way they think that getting a newborn baby is to cut it out of this is a tough tough story for me yes it's horrible She found the baby still living inside its dead mother. Carved away at the woman's flesh, slicing the umbilical cord, she cut the baby free. It looked like Bobby Joe's stomach had exploded. But the baby was alive. Soaked in blood, Lisa removed the fetus from the womb. She held it close to her, and then she left, abandoning the dead woman in a pool of her own blood. Her mother found Bobby Joe's body a few hours later. 
The sight of her daughter almost destroyed her. It was all she could do to call the police. While the authorities were speeding towards Bobby Joe's home, the sirens flashing, Lisa Montgomery was heading back to Kansas. Ugh. Terrible, terrible, terrible. She cradled the baby as she drove. For most women, trying to explain the How sudden existence. How did she existence- even know, like, what? I don't even think I would know how to cut a stomach, like, the correct way to not even harm like, the baby. Is, yeah, that is insane right. to me. Like, my first thought was, like, what if you try to carve the baby or, you know, cut the baby out and you kill the baby too? Yeah. Then, like, ugh. And I would think, like, the baby would have to go to the hospital right away. Yeah, you would think. Oh, my Lord. You and these dark fucking stories, man. Well, we're doing true crime. For most women, trying to explain the sudden existence of a baby would be difficult. But Lisa was not like most women. For months, she'd been lying to her husband and everyone in her small town. She told anyone who would listen that she was pregnant, even if she didn't look like it. Her husband, Kevin, had bought the lie. This wasn't Lisa's first child, but it was his. She had four children from a previous marriage. Perhaps she knew more than he did. While Lisa was online talking to Bobby Joe, she was also searching for ultrasound images. Oh. She printed the image and towed it around town, claiming it as her own. Before departing for Missouri, Lisa had even used the internet to look up pictures of cesarean sections. <gasps> there you go. Mm-hmm. She was like trying to figure it out. Lisa told everyone about her pregnancy, whether they were next door or online. Even when the people in the terrier chat rooms asked her for photos of her dogs, she'd lie. It was too difficult. Lisa claimed to bend down and take photos while she was pregnant. Ugh. So she was lying about the dogs, too? Like, which was crazy. (sighs) When she reached Topeka, she called Kevin. The way she told it, she'd given birth while out of Topeka. She'd gone into labor prematurely. Now she'd given birth to a beautiful baby girl, and she'd be home right away. All Kevin had to do was come pick her up. After giving birth, she was in no condition to drive. Meanwhile, the police put on an alert. They'd quickly deduced the problem when they'd arrived at the scene. Two people had been attacked, but there was only one body. Where was the baby? They contacted the FBI, hoping the baby could be found alive, worried that the baby had been taken across state lines. The only suspect was the person who'd made the appointment to buy a dog, Darlene Fisher. Even though Lisa had given a false name, the authorities still had access to Bobby Joe's computers. They called in specialists. Acting on a tip from a person who'd seen Bobby Joe's conversations in the Terrier chat room, they found the account of the person visiting the house. They tracked that person's IP address, linking it to a phone number and an address. That alerted them to Kevin Montgomery. Less than a day after the murder, the police rolled up outside the Montgomery household. They found Lisa inside, clutching at the day-old baby, surrounded by her puzzled but delighted family. In a matter of minutes, the Montgomery family was changed forever. Lisa was arrested, and the baby, still alive, was returned to Zeb Stinnett. DNA testing provided that it was the baby of the murdered woman. The baby survived. People were in shock. The family of Bobby Joe were distraught but relieved to get the baby back. The Montgomerys were terrified to find out what Lisa had done. Communities in Missouri and Kansas were appalled and the media covered the murder relentlessly. During the trial, Lisa's history was revealed to the world. She'd been raised in an abusive household. For years, her stepfather had been secretly raping her. The abuse turned Lisa to alcohol. When Lisa's mother found out what had been happening, she threatened Lisa with a gun. Even though Lisa tried to escape the situation, she was 18. Her only plan was to get married. 
But her marriage and the following marriage resulted in even more abuse. After she'd had four children, Lisa went through the process of tubal ligation, leaving her sterile. So she did, those four children were actually hers. Yes. I just had a feeling they weren't. They were, but then she had this process that left her fertile or sterile. She got her tubes tied. Yeah. Despite this, she claimed to be pregnant on several occasions. So after she was sterile, she would still say that she was pregnant. Sterile. Sterile. One day, her lies had gone farther than anyone had ever expected. The trial was short. Lisa was sentenced to indefinite incarceration pending execution. She continues to appeal her sentence, but is likely to remain behind bars for the rest of her life. I hope to God she does. Yeah, me too. That's a that is a terrorist right there. Oh. It's all premeditated. Yeah. You're killing somebody who's being kind to you, ripping their baby out of their their womb. Yeah. That is terrifying. Terrible. To me. Terrible. Scary. Terrible. I hope that she's never let out of prison, that's for sure, because clearly See, she's crazy. That's one of those things, like not that I'd want her to get pregnant, but that's one of those things where it's like I'd want her to suffer the same fate that that woman had to go through yeah you know not that she has to be pregnant in order to be killed that way but it that's that's just i'm sorry just fucking disturbing it's so disturbing and sadly this isn't the first case i've heard like this i I remember watching a show like on fbi files or something like that where thank god the mom didn't actually die but you know they arrested the woman who attempted to do this Mm -hmm. you know but there's been many other stories where you know the mom did die is just so crazy to me like the lengths that people will go to and basically to cover up their own lie they're lying to everybody that they're mm-hmm. pregnant and they've run out of time you can't be pregnant for two years so they become that desperate that they do this just horrendous crime i don't know somebody who's like that should not have a child anyways because no. you have some serious mental disorder Ugh, i yeah. can't even imagine how that's gonna continue on in your bloodline well, and, and i think that she had mental issues for sure like yeah, no I... doubt Blah, for all right sure. i want to like shake this one off of me i want to like <laughs> go take like a hot shower <laughs> burn sorry. my clothes i just feel like i've been ear fucked like just <laughs> Hey, at least you're not pregnant right now. Very true. That I'm sure would make you feel a lot worse. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, because I've heard these stories before when I was pregnant, it was a fear of mine that I was just going to turn a corner and somebody was just going to stab me in the stomach. Or try to steal your baby. It's so sad that that's a real fear, though, because this has happened so many times. Okay. Well, hopefully she never gets out and... Yeah. We're totally going to change the subject here now. What is next week's episode going to be on? I'm so excited. We are going to play Would You Rather. Mm-hmm. So we'd love for you to send us in your Would You Rather questions that you'd like us to answer. And we're going to answer them. And I know one of the questions is going to be, would you rather micropenis or enlarged clitoris? <laughs> That's See, a t- good one. See, I told you I'm not done talking about it yet. <laughs> well, and I'm going to have some for you that you have to answer on the spot. So <sighs> so then I have to find some for you to answer yeah. on the spot. Well, we both have to answer them. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have to find some for you so that way you don't have like a good answer. You have to like. <laughs> yeah, you have to have them like some you, you, some you can think about. 
And some are like spur of the moment. Like you got to make a quick decision, you know? Yeah. So if y'all want to play along, uh, send in uh, your would you rathers to Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail.com or our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of our social medias. Slide in our DMs. We will accept pictures of small thumbs and large clitorises. <laughs> And still, if you have those pillow humping, what, what were you having people with their pillow humping stories? Send them in. <laughs> those were so funny. I love that people were actually sending that into you. Yeah. Okay. So, would you rather? And then, um, yeah, I'm like super stoked about that one. I think it's going to be fun. It's always a fun game. Yeah. I still, I loved last week's episode with the kids. Those stories were the so funny best to me. Childhood stories. And of course, we took it way wrong, but we may need to do a. A child episode two because I feel like I keep getting in more and more stories. I do too. You know what? Too before I say the blonde joke, the passing out thing, right? Yes, people passing each other out. How many stories have you have people been sending you about them actually passing out? I haven't gotten any. Did you? Yes, my mom <gasps> sent me one, oh but my I have God. like four or five other ones that I'll have to. We'll ha- we'll have to share on our mixed bag of nuts or something. See, but I was not the only one. The fact that my mom did this, I just think is freaking hilarious as fuck. So she says, "Oh my gosh, I had that passing out experience in gym class in middle school. A bunch of us girls were waiting in line for our turn to climb the ropes when one girl said, "I can make you pass out.'" I'm like. I really don't want to, but hey, you're actually talking to me, so why not? <laughs> oh, <laughs> mama. I woke up on the gym floor with a huge egg on my forehead, and I heard oh. one of the girls saying she, she fell off the rope, and they all ran away. I said, I don't remember being on the ropes. I had to go to the nurse's station. I had a huge headache, and I was throwing up. They called my mom, and I had to go to the ER. I had a concussion. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> she goes, anyway, needless to say, never had any – any interaction with those girls again. I never told my mom the truth. They told her I fell off the ropes. See? It's not just me. I I don't I honestly I don't think I had ever heard of that before. It's so dangerous too. Like I can't believe that we did this. <laughs> well, while we're at it, I have another one that Chico sent us his story and his story is crazy as fuck too so when i was a freshman in high school my friend used to my friends and i used to make each other pass out i remember (laughs) this kid tim one time had it happen and he passed out outside and hit his head on some wood outlining a friend's driveway ended up messing his head up with a big ass bump i never did it because i was a little tiny dude and i wasn't about that life It was near the end of school and I had a final in class. Can't remember what class, but I had bent down to pick up or do something. And when I came up, a friend of mine came up from behind and squeezed the life out of me, basically. I wish I remembered his name. He was a Swedish exchange student that lived in my neighborhood. I remember hearing the teacher say to let me go and that was it. He let go and I was out, hit my head on the floor and was told I went into seizures. So they called an ambulance. I woke up three days later in the hospital, so confused with my mom in there with me and one hell of a headache. He said, hey, at least I didn't have to take that final though. But I asked him, like, do you still get seizures? Because that's super scary. And he said, no, just that one time. Man. That's why you're- that's why I said it's so scary. Yeah, your school had to put out a- PBA about well when we were doing it though we would let the person down gently we wouldn't just let them fall like you would <laughs> like hold them gently as they you know put them to the ground yeah we wouldn't just drop them okay you're done you're done 
But Ugh. still, like, these are just examples of how fucking dangerous it is. Like, I cannot believe we did this stupid thing of passing each other out. So dumb. But I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, uh, Aggie and Chico, that I'm not alone in the passing out. (laughs) All right, so I'll end today's episode on our blonde joke. It's a really little quick one. Oh, I like it. There was was a fire, and a blonde called the fire department. The fire department asked how to get to her house. She replied, duh, big red truck. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 